church with us this morning. We got a new song for you. Oh, oh. 
Lord God, we thank you so much for allowing us to come into your presence today, Lord, for getting us here safely, Lord, and for just giving us that opportunity to worship you, God. We thank you for everything you're doing, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. If you could, just please say hi to somebody next to you and say welcome to Hopefell Saginaw this morning and let them know how much God loves them. Well, good morning, everybody. I'm Pastor Sam. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. Um, we just want to say a very special welcome to you. Thanks for being here on this beautiful, snowy Sunday morning. It's a good day to be in church, right? Awesome. Well, if this is your first time here at Hopeville, we want to say a very special welcome to you. Thank you so much for being here. If you wouldn't mind, there was a program you got as you walked in. Um, and if you want to get more connected with us, you can just fill that out. And as the offering plates go by later, you can put that in there. You can also take it to our welcome desk um, and give it to them. We have a very, very special little, you know, thank you for you um, for being here. It's a little gift we want to give you just to say thanks so much for being with us. Um, you know, Hopeville's a big church. And one of the things that we try to do is we try to make it feel more personal for you. And one of the ways we do that is through our group life ministry. And uh, we actually have six new groups that are kicking off this week. And so if you would like to find your fit, find a place to belong, all that kind of stuff, um, there's actually a, a big sheet, looks like this, as you walk out the doors, and you can grab that, find out what are some of the new groups that you can um, get a, be a part of. Um, you can also be a part of community groups, all that kind of stuff. Um, if you want more information about that, you can go to our welcome desk, or you can go to hopefell.org, find a group to, uh, to get information about that. Or a real easy way to do that is to go to our mobile app, and like the fourth box in the mobile app is find a group. You can click on that, take you right to it, search all the different groups, find out where you fit, where you can get connected, and where you belong. A group life, it's an awesome way to make like a really big church feel more personal and feel more like your church. So um, the second thing I, I want to talk to us about today is this Life Science series we're in. It's been great, right, so far? If you were with us last week, we're going to continue that for the next two weeks. And as a part of this series, a part of this experience that we're going to go through, um, there's a companion book that you can get and uh, read through that. The, the foreword was written by our own executive pastor, Paul Miller. And the, uh, there's an introductory chapter by our own senior pastor, Dan Davis. So exciting to be able to read those things. Um, there's a limited amount of them that we have, though. So if you want one of those, it's $10. You can stop by the welcome desk after the service and get one of those. Well, as the ushers come forward uh, this morning to collect or to receive our, our offering this morning, I was thinking about this. I was, my son, Nick, he's 13 years old, and uh, he serves in our, our uh, kids' area on Sunday mornings every other week. And I just was like, I had this moment this morning as I'm driving in. Um, he's serving this morning, and I'm thinking, how cool is it? My 13-year-old son is serving with a bunch of preschoolers, helping them know and follow Jesus. When we moved here, my son was about three and a half years old, and some teenagers and adults invested in his life. And he's come to know and follow Jesus now as a teenager and wants to share that with those kids. And then I, I thought about this. I thought, well, he, he goes to youth group on Sunday nights, and he has some young adults pouring into his life who were teenagers in youth group when I was leading it who are now leading my son to know and follow Jesus and helping him understand the importance of serving in an area with little kids to help them know and follow Jesus. And I thought, what an amazing thing that is, that we have a church that provides those kind of experiences. 
and those kind of environments for little kids to know and follow Jesus, for teenagers to know and follow Jesus, for young adults and, and older adults to know and follow Jesus. And I wanted to say, number one, as a dad, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being a church that provides those kind of environments. And, and you, in your giving and your generosity, actually provides the, the ability to make those environments and those places possible. So thank you. Thank you so much for your generosity over the years and your giving. Your giving really does matter in the lives of people for helping them know and follow Jesus in a big way. So as we think about that, let's go to God in prayer. God, we thank you so much for an opportunity to come to you this morning on this beautiful snowy day to say thank you for Jesus. Thank you for life. Thank you for the ability to to sing and to praise your name. Thank you for the opportunity to worship you. And God, with all the, the different stuff that's going on in our lives, all the different, even the different activity that's going on in the church, God, um, all of it doesn't mean a whole lot unless we're, we put our focus on you and without your son, Jesus. And so, God, we just want to say thank you for the cross. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for the eternal life. Thank you for... Um, the ability to live life in an abundant way. And God, as we have been talking about being honest with, with you, being honest with ourselves, being honest with other people as we continue talking about that, God, I pray that we would take that to heart and we would come to you, not trying to, to perfect our life, trying to figure that all out, but just come as we are and say, God, here I am. This is who I am really. And this is where I'm at really. God, I need you in the midst of that. And God, as we give, we just want to say thank you for, for your generosity towards us. And we want to, to live that way. We want to live generously. We want to give generously. Because we know you're going to take whatever it is we give and use it to help people know and follow your son Jesus in a, in a better way. And so, God, we give with that in mind. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Pastor Sam. Hey, everybody, I'm Billy. I'm the worship pastor here and one of the pastors on staff. And um, this morning, uh, we are uh, just taking a moment to um, acknowledge uh, Kim McCann and her daughter, Lainey Beth. And uh, they are going to be moving to Ohio next month. We don't do this all the time, but can we just thank them for leading us in worship? So uh, Kim has uh, Kim and Lainey Beth this week has been they've been sharing stories of their eight years here at Hopevale and the the community they found the healing that they've had the spiritual growth that they've both experienced and uh, Lainey Beth was geez you were a teenager punk kid in high school and early high school and now she's a young adult uh, young woman and uh, Kim uh, has been here and. Uh, the reason why I'm doing this today, especially is for Kim. Uh, Kim has been one of those handful of people that I've really counted on as being some of our, I like a handful of worship leaders that you probably see a little bit more up front um, and some of these faces that you see a little bit more because she's been this steady presence of, of leading us and being an example of reaching to God uh, so beautifully. And uh, you've led me in worship uh, so much. And uh, you will right now in just a moment. I know if you can sing through it. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and we're so, we're all so grateful for you. And so thank you for your ministry. And um, you know the the apostle Paul says in the New Testament, "When I think of you, I pray for you." 
and that will certainly be for both of you girls. So, Kim. So I wasn't crying until he read that scripture. Darn it. Anyway, um, so we're going to sing a song about God's goodness and faithfulness and how perfect it is, and, and timing is always right because he's God. So um, we just would invite you to worship while we sing. stand. I will sing of your goodness. I will sing of your love. Though the seasons come quickly, you have always been enough. Though the night may get darker, though the waiting seems long, you have always been faithful to remind me of your love. You are good. In the morning I sing you are good. In the evening I sing you are good. You are good to me. Through the ages, oh, what a friend of mine. So I'll remind my soul to bless you, standing firm upon your truth, knowing you cannot be shaken.
Father, we thank you so much for being so good all the time. We can't thank you enough. You're so awesome, and your love endures forever, and we praise you in your name. Amen. Yeah, that last scripture that was up, uh, Psalm 13, um, I will sing to you, Lord, for you've been good to me. Uh, I hope that's why you showed up today, friends, to sing to the Lord because he's been so good to you. And then there's other stuff that comes, like our prayers and the things that we need, but let's recognize his goodness continually in our lives and just be such a grateful people before God. I think I would be so honored with that, that we put him first and then we sing, you are good. In the morning I sing, you are good. In the evening I sing, you Sing that one more time. you have a seat. Good morning, Hopevale. It's great to be able to gather, to worship together, to sing of God's goodness together. I'm Dan Davis, uh, senior pastor here, and uh, great to have you, especially, um, actually, everyone. I'm glad you're here. Newcomer, long-timer, everyone in between. God is honored by your presence here. Want to say hi to Pastor Nate and our congregation in Bay City. Great to have you along as well. Church is on, the weather is good, and we are rocking and rolling here. So hey, last week we kicked off a new series for our church called Life Signs. Life Signs, it's a series about the power of honesty and openness with God, with ourselves and with trusted friends. The kind of honesty and openness that's willing to ask and wrestle with tough questions like this one. How are you? Really, really, that there would be this courage and desire in us to push past the automatic, knee-jerk, reflexive response of saying, oh, I'm fine, when maybe you're not. Now, it's not like we set out in life to be dishonest and deceptive people. It's just we've learned some really hard life lessons along the way where honesty doesn't always seem like the best policy where we feel like we get punished, not rewarded for being open and honest. And so like we saw last week, many of us resist this kind of honesty and openness, and instead 
we default to tried and true strategies of protecting and pretending. Protecting and pretending, building walls and wearing masks. Why? Because we're afraid. Afraid of being hurt, afraid of getting rejected. And so instead, we hide our real selves from God and from others because the thought of being authentically honest just feels way too scary. Now, this instinct to hide goes all the way back to our very first ancestors, Adam and Eve. And the consequence of their disobedience against God, the one who created them in this paradise to be open and honest, the God who gave them everything they could ever want or need, and yet they fell prey to Satan's temptation. They doubted God's goodness. And as a result, rebellion came, and sin and death and evil entered into the world, entered into them, and even more specifically, infected them and all of mankind with fear and shame. I was afraid, Adam said, and so I hid. And guess what? That same kind of fear and shame is with us, and we've been hiding ever since. But see, there's a downside of going through life where you're always protecting and pretending. Because when you live like that, you're not really thriving. No, you're just barely surviving. It is exhausting to be on the defensive all the time, to keep up appearances. And you keep on going like that long enough, and it robs your joy, it withers your soul, and it wears you down. Thankfully, there is a better way, and that way is Jesus. Jesus, Jesus came to bear the, the, the shame of our sin, to rescue us out of our fear, to call us out of hiding, and to lead us into the abundant, forgiven, eternal, capital L life that he has for us. It's a life where, guess what? We can take steps towards greater honesty, steps that will be rewarded, not punished. And as we take those steps, guess what? We begin to grow into the kind of people God created us to be. This is the transformational power of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ for those who believe in him, who know him personally as their savior. And because of that, like I said last week, his grace makes you safe. His grace makes you safe. The scriptures tell us that there is absolutely no condemnation when we have a relationship with Jesus. No, we are fully and forever accepted by our God for we who are in Christ, right? So no matter the wounds of our past, no matter the lies we believe, no matter the shame we feel, we are safe with Jesus. You are safe with Jesus, safe to live, safe to love, safe to tear down that protecting wall, safe to take off that pretending mask. Safe to risk being honest and open with God, with yourself, and with trusted friends and loved ones. Why? Because his grace makes you safe to do that. That's why I'm excited about this Life Sign series for our church, because I truly believe that everyone here, if we are willing to take a step toward greater honesty in our lives, if we can do that over the next couple weeks, and I am confident that we're going to see some amazing things happen. I really am. In our own lives, in our relationships, in this church, in our communities, in this region, I am. Because this is the power of grace-fueled honesty. It's incredible. So 
with that in mind, laying that foundation last week for honesty, an honesty that is rooted in the gospel, today and next week is when we go just beyond talking about this, but actually beginning to put it into practice. And to do that, we're going to provide opportunities for you to have these two conversations, two conversations that can change your life. A vertical conversation with God, that's what we're going to talk about this week, and then a horizontal conversation with a trusted friend next week. Conversations that are rooted in grace-fueled honesty and openness, driven by a simple question like this, how are you, really? Right? See, apart from Jesus, we want to hide, but a question like this draws us to his side. Come to me, Jesus says, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. That is the great invitation. So let's talk more then about having this open, honest, vertical conversation with God. And a little later on, I am going to get into the specifics of our Life Signs guided experience that I mentioned last Sunday. But before we talk about that, I just want us to look into some scripture and think about first what it means to have an honest conversation with God. At a start, I need to give you a foundational principle that I make sure you understand when it comes to your relationship with God. Right? And it has to do with this. It's the difference between um, a relationship status versus relationship quality. Just follow me on this, right? That for the believer in Jesus Christ, because of Jesus... The status of your relationship with God is secure and unchanging, right? The Bible makes it clear that we can never be good enough to gain God's favor. No, that happens through Jesus in the same way we can never be bad enough to lose that favor, right? Because it's not dependent on how erratic and widely swinging our goodness and badness and moral performance is, right? but it's rooted in the unchanging love that's expressed to us through Jesus. So because of Jesus, the status of your relationship with God is secure and unchanging, that because of Jesus, you are a beloved, your son and daughter of the living God. Incredible, right? That is your identity. However, the quality of your relationship can vary depending on your level of honesty with him. Status, unchanging, quality can vary. It's the difference between whether or not you have a relationship at all with God versus how well that relationship is doing. Does that make sense? Because of Jesus, the status of your relationship with God is secure and unchanging. However, the quality of that relationship, it can vary depending on your level of honesty with him. Now, let me tell you why this is so important, right, when it comes to us being honest with God. See, if the status of your relationship with God is secure and unchanging because of Jesus, then guess what? There is absolutely nothing that you can tell God that will jeopardize your relationship with him. Nothing. After all, he's God, right? (laughs) I mean, he already knows everything about you. So being more truthful with God won't shock him. Being more transparent won't surprise him either. Despite all your flaws, despite all your failures, Jesus is proof that God still loves you madly and that your status as a beloved daughter of God, a beloved son of God, will never change. That's why in Christ we're free. 
free to be more honest with God about our sins, about our secrets, about our shortcomings. We are, even despite, and see, this is where it gets hard, even despite the harsh reality that human relationships don't always work that way, and because human relationships don't always work that way, we often project it on God. Listen, I know there are people in the room right here today who have or still have deep hurts over an ended relationship. Why? Because the honest truth about the real you came out and the other person couldn't handle it. They heard it, called it quits, and it absolutely crushed you. That your honesty was punished, not rewarded. Because sometimes, you know, a relationship, a friendship, even a marriage between two imperfect people cannot handle the truth. But see, imperfect people who often love conditionally are not like our perfect God who loves unconditionally. That's why we need to keep feeding our faith in God. A faith that is rooted in the unshakable foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. A relationship where honesty is encouraged, where the status of our relationship with God is never in doubt, right? And in that, there's freedom. It's what Jesus in part meant when he said, if you know the truth, then the truth will set you free. So, because, right, of Jesus, the status of your relationship with God is secure and unchanging. But now we're going to get to the however. However, the quality of that relationship can vary depending on your level of honesty with him. Now, this is where the analogy of marriage works pretty well, right? That you can have a husband and wife who, in status, are still technically married, They're still in a relationship. They've still got their wedding rings on. They're still living in the same house. However, if that relationship is marked by a lot of dishonesty and hiding, then the quality of that relationship would be absolutely terrible, right? So much so that people on the outside looking in would wonder either, (laughs) are they still married? Or why are they still married? It looks so miserable because of all that lack of honesty. Well, as it can be in our human relationships, so can it be in our relationship with God when it comes to the quality, right? So our dishonesty with God, our hiding from him, might not change the status of our relationship, but it definitely will negatively affect the quality of our relationship. And when that quality suffers, it can lead to things in our lives like discouragement, defeat, depression. Because it's keeping us from the life, the capital L life, that Jesus wants us to enjoy. That's why it is so crucial for Christians to keep on pursuing open and honest, vertical, ongoing conversations with God. Now, as you look back in history, you know, one of the best ever at doing this, of having an honest and open conversation with God, was a man in the Bible by the name of King David. I mean, the quality of this guy's relationship with God was incredible, so much so that centuries later in the New Testament, he's described as a man after God's own heart. Isn't that great? No one else got that description in the Bible. 
David was described as a man after God's own heart. Can you just feel the closeness with those words? And you know, one of the blessings from David's life that we still get to enjoy 3,000 years later is that there's a book in the Bible that contains some of his heartfelt prayers and songs. It's known as the Psalms, right? And in the Psalms, we are given some guidance on how we too can pursue this same kind of honesty and intimacy with God that David had. And so I want us to look at one of David's Psalms. And what's really encouraging to me about this one is that you see a man who's created in the image of God just like we are, right? No different. And yet he's passionate in his faith, but far from perfect. Passionate in his faith, yet far from perfect, just like we are. In other words, yeah, David is a role model, but he's an approachable one. He's a relatable one. We're like, yeah, I can see that, right? I can see that in me. And so let me show you what I mean. If you have a Bible with you, paper or electronic, digital, I invite you to turn with me to the 32nd Psalm in the Old Testament. Psalm 32. This is how David starts. Blessed, fulfilled, enriched by God is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit is no deceit. I wish I could convey how powerful this word blessed is, right? That right here, here's the ideal. That there is rich blessing in having all your sins completely forgiven by God. In experiencing a completely honest and open relationship with him. One that is marked by truthfulness and transparency. To have that kind of deep and unguarded connection with our creator. There is no greater blessing than that. And I love this last line that David says, you know, in whose spirit is no deceit. He's not trying to hide anything from God. There, there's no protecting, no pretending, no walls, no masks, just authenticity, vulnerability, intimacy. It is just so incredibly moving and inviting. Now think about this, right? That if this is David's experience with God, as he looked ahead to the coming of Jesus, the promise of Messiah, How much more is this blessedness for us as Christians who live on the other side of Jesus, on the other side of the cross and the empty tomb? That we who have this full assurance of a Savior who died, of a Savior who has risen, and as of a Savior, a Lord, a King who will come again, blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered, right? That is the ideal. That is our reality in Jesus. And yet this side of heaven, guess what? That's not always our experience. That's not because just like David, we can be passionate in our faith, but we're not always going to be perfect. No, look at this, verse 3. When I kept silent, I was kind of running away from God. My bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. When I kept silent, day and night, your hand was heavy on me. And my strength, my vitality was sapped as in the heat of the summer. We know from other passages in the Bible that there were occasions when David messed up big time. Most notably, 
There is the adultery he has with a woman named Bathsheba. And then, as a cover-up, he gives the orders to have her husband murdered. And then afterwards, when confronted, he initially refuses to fess up to his mess-up, right? Just this series of bad decisions that spiraled downward. It pulled him away from God. Now, we don't know exactly when this psalm was written in David's life, whether it was that particular downward spiral of sin or some other time of selfishness, but whatever it was, we do know that David's initial response to his disobedience was one of silence, was one of backing away, that he did not come clean with God. It's just like we saw last week. He kept to himself, I was afraid, so I hid. And yet as he did, David paid the price for his silence. And not just spiritually with the quality of his relationship with God, but also physically and emotionally. Just look at these words. My bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of the the summer. There are not just spiritual consequences. There are physical consequences. Emotional consequences, right? And the same is true with us. I know it is with me, right? Those times when I say, yeah, my will, not yours, God. And I thought I could keep God at a distance. I could just try to work things out on my own. I stayed silent and I paid the price. It affected me. I lost hold of the experience of the blessedness that comes with forgiveness. Listen, there is a cost when we stay away, when we resist, refuse, run away from this invitation of honesty and openness with God. Thankfully, though, because God is so gracious, he never tires of our returns. Some of you need to know that today. You feel like you have, like, maxed out your grace allowance on God's credit card and, like, okay, I just can't go back anymore. That's wrong. God never tires of our return. No, the door to come back is always open. Look at this, verse 5. This is David, and if it is tied to that one downward spiral of sin, just doing something unimaginably horrific, right? Then I acknowledge my sin to you, and I did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. You didn't punish, you rewarded, you forgave the guilt of my sin. I stopped playing the cover-up game. I confessed all the ways I had sinned against you, Lord. Uh, How I disobediently transgressed against your will for my life. And guess what? The blessedness of experience of your forgiveness returned to me. Again, all through this, David hadn't lost his relationship with God. But boy, the quality sure had suffered. Your hand was heavy on me. I was wasting away, right? The quality suffered until he could come back to the Lord and humbly and honestly and openly, right? Own up to what he had done. See, that's all confession is. You see that word, and it can be really intimidating, confession. But confession is just acknowledging our sin is sin. It's owning up to what we've done before God without any denying, blaming, downplaying, excusing. It's just saying, yeah, Lord, that was me. I did it. I was wrong. I am sorry. It's when we fess up to our mess up. That's confession. And yet as hard as that might be for us, and often it's out of fear or it's out of pride or anything else, this really is the key for David. And this kind of honesty and confession 
is also the key for us in restoring the closeness of our relationship with God. Where the distance goes away, where the joy returns, because his grace makes us safe in our relationship with God, honesty really is the best policy. It really is. And so my hope and prayer, you know, for everyone here is that we would be encouraged to take this to heart. That we would draw near to the Lord as we seek to take a step of greater honesty in our vertical conversations with him. Which then now is going to lead me to talk more about this life science experience that I mentioned last week. Something that we are encouraging everyone who's part of Hopevale to be a part of. As a way for us to grow spiritually in our walks with God. So let me just start by answering that simple question. You know, what is life science? Well, Life Science is a private, confidential, interactive online experience free of charge that's going to guide us through a personal conversation with God, a personal conversation with our God where we're going to honestly answer confidential questions about our life with Jesus, our life with people, and our life with purpose, driven by that just right, raw, honest question, how are you, really? How are you really doing in all these different areas of our life where faith and, re- and life intersect, right? So we're going to talk about things like um, our relationships, our finances, our careers, our married single life, parenting, church involvement, and of course our own walk with Jesus. And as you answer these questions, you're going to find this open and honest conversation with God starting to emerge. You're going to sense a closeness with God as he meets you in an incredibly personal way. He'll also begin to put his finger on different areas in your life, right? Challenge you where you, you might need to change. You might need to grow all for your good. That is the life science experience. So to get even more practical about it, if you are part of our church mailing list, if we have your email address, then you will be getting an email later today with your own unique link that's going to take you directly to Life Signs. Or you can also just go to hopefell.org, our webpage, and on the front of our webpage, right there, you're going to see a button on the left that says Life Signs. How are you really? And when you click that, it's going to take you to our Life Signs landing page. A little more explanation about Life Signs, but there's three buttons on the bottom here, and the one on the left just simply says Take Life Signs. And as you click on that button, it takes you here. Just an introductory letter that I've written along with a video uh, that explains what you're about to do. And again, it's a step-by-step experience that, again, you can either use the link on the email you're going to get or go to our webpage and you can access that, right? Now, we realize, just right, that... Technology can be intimidating for some people. So today we have set up help desks on both of our campuses in the hub after the service here in Saginaw and at the welcome desk in Bay City. And we've got people there who can help you begin in starting life signs, you know, how to work the technology. Also, if you want to, you can go through life signs with a pen and paper and we'll have paper paper versions that you can pick up there as well and get instructions on how to do that as well. Our staff can help you out with that. Now, whether it is online or on paper, you need to plan about anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes to go through it, right? 
Again, it's not meant to feel like a test because it's not a test. It's just answering questions, preferably if you can do it in one sitting. But if that's not possible, as you go through the pages, there's a save for later button you can click and return to that as well, okay? I'd also say, too, that, you know, it's best done in a setting if you are, can do that, you know, free from interruptions and um, distractions. And I know parents of young kids are just laughing at me right now, right? You know, but ideally, one sitting undistracted. And once you complete it and, you know, finish it, you will get a summary of your results immediately. And it's just going to affirm kind of the questions you answer. And then within a week, you're going to get a personalized growth plan that takes what you've answered and give you suggested Hopevale resources along with some recommended next steps to help you grow in your walk with God of how you can integrate your faith in Jesus with every area of your life in a 168 kind of way. Now, I realize I've given you a lot to digest, right? Hopefully I haven't overwhelmed you, right? But I want to make sure you hear me on this next point because this is so important, okay? Because Life Signs is new for all of us as a church, myself included, I I, I want you to know right up front that this is a completely confidential exercise. Completely confidential. No one is going to see your Life Signs information but you. And when I say no one, I mean no one. 100% confidential, I promise, right? This is meant to be between you and God, right? I want to make sure you've heard me on that. Now, I will say this, that as hundreds of us go through this life science experience together, it is going to generate some aggregate results where everyone's answers just generally are going to come back to us, and we'll have some summary data that we think is going to be helpful for us in leading the church, but again, nothing personal about your responses right, that, that anyone is going to see. And we're just hoping that this experience will, you know, help us understand where we are as a church and how God wants to grow us. But all that, all those, you know, aggregate results, that's secondary to what we're doing. No, primarily, this is a tool, this is an opportunity for us to be invited into some open and honest conversations with God. And then later on, like we're going to talk about next week, it's an open and honest, horizontal conversations with trusted friends. Like I mentioned last week, our staff, our elders, some leaders in the church have already gone through this life signs guided vertical conversation with God. I can tell you firsthand, I've gone through it and it is a powerful experience. It really is because again, it's just this whole feeling of being truthful and transparent, all rooted in a place of grace and love and acceptance where God loves you just the way you are. But he loves you too much to leave you that way. See, for us as Christians, God wants you to be secure in his love, but not settled in your faith. Does that make sense? Secure in his love, but not settled in your faith like, ah, it's been good enough, or I can just coast from here. But out of a hunger to keep on pursuing God. Because here's the thing when you step into honesty, When you go there, you'll grow there. When you're willing to step into honest, hard places with God, that's how you grow. Not by playing it safe, not by hiding, not by protecting, not by pretending, but when you go there with God, 
you're going to grow there. And so it excites me again, and I think about each one of us going through that individually, multiplying that by the hundreds. Why? Just because we're simply willing to set the fear aside and have an open, honest conversation with God, spurred on by that one simple but powerful question, how are you, really? Now, in a moment, I'm going to um, pray for us as we go through this a few closing words as well. But before that, I've asked Pastor Billy to come out and lead a song that I heard last fall. We were hosting a benefit concert for the Rescue Ministries of Mid-Michigan and Christian artist David Phelps sang this song. And I was floored, floored by just its raw honesty and getting at to the core of really, what do, in life, what do we really need in the end. And so just let Billy you know, do this song and the words and the power wash over you. I can fool my closest friends can fool my loved ones too I can fool myself but then Lord I know I can't fool you I am walking wounded broken I want back the joy I knew I need something real What I need is you. I don't need a voice of thunder for me to believe it's true. I don't need a sign or wonder. Jesus, what I need. such a great pretender but it's wearing on my soul and I've no terms for my surrender help me Jesus make me whole and I don't need a voice of thunder for me to believe it's true sign or wonder Jesus what I need is you and I'm so tired of being afraid sadness knocking on my door if you can fix this mess I've made take me Jesus now
it was well done, we clap because it speaks to our hearts. Jesus, what I need is you. The invitation to step out of hiding and into honesty with him reminds me of some other words that King David penned because that's what he wanted. He wanted that closeness and intimacy with his God. where he flings the doors of his heart wide open and says, I'm yours, God. I'm secure in your love, but I don't want to be settled in my faith. And so in Psalm 139, David says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. The status of your relationship with God is already settled because of Jesus. But man, let's go after the quality that God will lead us into the way, into life everlasting with Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord, I I feel like my words are few at this point. All we want is your truth to prevail over the enemy's lies. Our faith to prevail over his fear. And life, life with you, Jesus, to be the hunger of our hearts. Lord, I realize there are hundreds of us. We're all in different places in life and places with you. But God, whatever a step into greater honesty with you looks like, give us the faith and the courage and the passion and the desire to want to do it and then to actually do it. And that you would use this tool, this life science tool, to help facilitate just a conversation that we would know a greater and deeper blessedness with you. Jesus, what we need is you. We pray in your name. Amen. Let's respond. Let's stand and sing this song of worship and dependence upon the Lord.
powerful for me to uh, stand in the back there to sing with you and to just watch you engage as an expression of worship and dependence upon our God. Again, with this Life Sign series, look for the email if you're on our mailing list. Go to our website, stop by our help desk in the uh, hub area, and just take the step. Take the step. It's going to be worth it, I swear. Next week, we'll wrap up this series. We'll talk about honesty Right, on the horizontal with trusted friends and how God can use that to grow us in our faith. We'll also share communion together as a church family. But as you go from here, may you know the life of what it is to live desperately with your God. God bless you.